Oh my goodness, it's the drum radio. Yay, our first drum radio has a connection. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh my God. Hello, I am Soul of Harlem. And my name is Raven Lenore. And we are part of the 10th year of the Marcus Graham Project, the most pivotal year that the foundation has ever had, and we're so happy and grateful to be a part of it. Very true. Well, I am Soul, account planner, strategist, specialist. And again, I'm Raven Lenore, the public relations manager. We are The Connection. Raven, can you tell our audience who we are and what we do? We act as a pop-up advertising agency for the summer. And like he said, we are The Connection. And we are an agency of creators, connoisseurs, and strategists who believe effective advertising speaks to its audience like Ken. We work with you to formulate a voice informed by the cultures you wish to engage. So your message message consistently strikes as authentic and familiar Ah. so basically what that means is we're here to do great work that is courageous timely and authentic and we plan to do that with all our clients and everybody we come across and this is actually our fourth week in the program it's amazing what this program what kind of life-changing experiences has been from going Myself in particular, I finished my my final on a Friday. I had my flight on Sunday morning. This ended in Portland to begin with. Shout out to Travel Portland. Shout out to the great folks at Wyden Kennedy. We actually have a great surprise guest for you all. Yes, and her name is Marone. And Marone is a compassionate artist, thinker, and student of the human condition. And we're going to actually have her tune in right now to share her insights. Hey, Meron, are you with us? What's up? Oh, my. my, Hello, best friend. (laughs) Good morning, Meron. Hi, how are you? Doing well out here in sunny Dallas, Texas. How are things in Portland? Sunny as well, not too hot. Ah, Beautiful. That's excellent to hear. So, Meron, welcome to the Drum Radio Show, hosted by the Marcus Graham Project. Great to have you here with us. Great to be here. Uh, Thank you. Excellent, excellent. So, let's let's really get down to it. First off, yourself as a junior strategist at White and Kennedy, the great folks who actually hosted our incubator when we first stepped into Portland, really gave us the means to travel around the city and gave us our first insights on really how to go about marketing and advertising. First of all, uh, I guess we want to start out with one question regarding the program, and then going back into you as Meron, as your own entity. Really, what when you heard about Marcus Grand Project coming to White and Kennedy, what was your first reaction? That's a great question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is excited, but I wasn't surprised. Um, I was involved with the Marcus Grand Project program last year through Widen, and um, coming out of that year, we wanted to do a lot more. So I was uh, really, really thankful to be a part of the team that helped kind of like ideate and plan and take the idea of you all coming out here early before you start your program and turn that into a reality. So that was tight. There were a bunch of people that did all hard work on it, but um, we were thinking about it. I, I'm, I'm involved with Ad Color and the Ad Color Futures program, and thinking about what we've done there, we thought that there was some something we could do um, with MGP 
to really help prepare you guys for what you're about to experience this summer. Um, I think it's really hard to just jump into client work without being in an agency or being around people who you could look to and who could teach you and guide you. Um, I think it's incredible what you've been able to do, but we really wanted to support you a little bit more and not really jump in, you know, kind of in the middle and, and, and wanted to do it right. So um, I was super juiced that it ended up working out. And um, yeah, yeah, you all just blew me away. You all were amazing. Wow. Well, we appreciate that. And going back into you as Meron, man, how we pronounce your last name? Mehana. 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 Really going back into you, your interest growing up other than competitive tennis. <laughs> um, how did you get your transition into advertising? because I had a realization, I don't know if I told you about this, I told somebody, maybe it was Io, but I had this realization recently that some of what I do in strategy that I really love, um, the connecting with people and interviewing people, I was doing that in high school, so um, I went to all-girls high school, and a few girls that I went to school with were involved with, it, well, worked for this organization called the Oakland Fund for Children and Youth, and what we did was we would go into different after-school programs. Um, there's a budget that the city of Oakland would set. And through this program, it would fund, you know, $10,000 here, $20,000 there. Um, and what they have to do is, uh, you know, throughout the year, they have these surveys basically complete. And um, we also go in there to see, like, are they really reporting on what's really going on? Do they really have 100 students? Or do they have three? Mm-hmm. Um, but... But because, you know, we, and the, I love the idea about it because it was sort of like, sure, we can have these adults going in, but why don't we get peers going in talking to other peers? So even though there were folks that I was thinking who might be in, like, elementary school, I was still, like, 14, so I could relate to them more than, you know, a 30-something-year-old. And in that, when we would do these, the best part of the job was when we would do the um, site visits, and we would... Um, there would be a note taker, there would be somebody operating the camera, taking pictures, and an interviewer. And those are all three things that I do in my job. Like, I just did a research project um, in Austin and L.A., and when I was, like, a little bit nervous about it, because I was low-key leading half of it, I was like, oh, wait, you've been doing this since you were 14. Mm-hmm. Like, you got this? So, um... I think a little bit of that came, you know, in high school, sophomore year in high school, we did like the, you know, what's your career based on this little questionnaire test and public relations specialists came up. So in college, I took a lot of PR classes. I studied communications. I just felt drawn to it. Like that's kind of my natural abilities and what I like. Um, And then from there, uh, the way I got into advertising was because I wanted a car. Um, I put together a PowerPoint presentation to my mom to convince her to get me a car. And one of the slides in the presentation, so this is my, like, senior year in college. Um, or junior year. Yeah, first semester, senior year. And one of the slides was, like, I need an internship in order to get a job when I graduate. And I need a car to get to that internship because I live in L.A. 
and one of the slides was like, here are all the places that I applied to. So I had to like, I just applied to a bunch of random internships. I was like, I have this interview when I go back to LA. I got my car over Christmas break. And, um, and so one of the places, yeah, one of the places I got, uh, I applied to was MAT program. It's a multicultural advertising and training program. Um, it's similar to me, but it's very localized to LA. Um, and I got into the program, which didn't guarantee an internship, but luckily I was able to get an internship too. Um, so yeah, the, I think the only reason why I um, am in advertising is because of my 2009 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and your ability to connect with people and to shift opinions. I mean, if you could convince your mom to help you get this car, then you can do it. You could do a lot. That's what I was trying to do while in Texas. Yeah, we, we, we were very strategic about it. We, my dad helped me out. We, like, went to the dealership first, got everything ready to go. They had the car washed and right outside. The huh? dealership was actually, like, a, a, like a street over from my mom's job. So we picked her up from work, took her to Starbucks, did a presentation at Starbucks because we knew she wouldn't <laughs> shut us down in public. And, <laughs> and then we're like, well, let's just go see the car. And then just everything was waiting for her, so... Sorry, Mom, for setting you up like that. So you talked about a little bit about your strategy in your personal life. So tell us about your process when you're um, strategizing, and how do you feel like you bring a different approach? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have gotten help. I've talked to a lot of different people about their different strategies, but uh, for how they get it. it can get pretty overwhelming. I think with strategy and research being so linked to strategy, it's endless, right? You could research for hours and hours and hours. And for me, um, a recovering perfectionist, uh, I still have some perfectionist tendencies. I just go hard. I'm like, this isn't perfect enough. I know I can find something better. <laughs> and and it and that plus my struggle with time management um, can get a little challenging. So. One thing that um, I was taught was to kind of approach it with a hypothesis of your own, just like if you were doing an experiment, and that will help guide you in your search for what you're looking for. So if there's, you know, uh, let me think about an example. Like, we want to know what teams are doing in the summer, like what fun things they're doing in the summer. It could be like, I don't think they're doing anything fun because I didn't do anything fun and all I did was sit and watch TV and I was bored in the house and we didn't go on vacation or, you know, like whether it's a hypothesis and opposition for what you're trying to find because it's very easy to only search for things that support what your assignment is and then you just get a really cute view. So starting off with the hypothesis, um, I also do little tricks like I time myself like how much I can do in like 30 minutes and then take a pause and then process some of the things that I've read. I like to print things out, highlight, you know, and really let the information sink in. Um, and the most fun part of it is like finding themes and patterns. Um, I, when it comes to strategy, and it probably applies to any role in this industry, curiosity is very important. And although I still feel like Twenty different strategists, and they all have their different methods. All of them said, like, read everything. And 
what's really exciting and dope is like being able to find connections between different people and different thoughts. So like I was thinking about this this morning because I was like, I'm going to try to work this in to this interview. But, um, okay. <laughs> uh, I, there's this book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz that he talks about like society's dream and basically like the, the world that we live in has been dreamed up and the beliefs on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable um, it, it's all a, all because somebody decided or a group of people decided it to turn, to turn that into like what we believe in right so uh, you go 100 years ago and some of the ideologies and what we deem as right and fair is very different than it was 100 years ago or very different from what it is in the in a different culture or part of the world. So, like, your culture and your time period in which you live really affects, like, you know, that state of the world. Then I was doing some research on, like, racial divide in America maybe, like, a year and a half ago, and someone talked about, like, I don't know if it's a conspiracy thing, but, like, like, this agency or this group of people who control everything, including the narrative of certain groups of people. Um... And these unconscious biases that we have about people or, the, or what we see as right and wrong and who's good and bad. And so, like, it was crazy because, like, this is a guy who is, um, uh, I think it's called a Toltec, and, and he's from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And these, these, you know, he's talking about this. And then this person is, like, writing this piece for the New York Times about this, and then my director of strategy comes from academia is talking about, like, I don't get worried about this. Well, not, no, I'm going to butcher what he said, but he's just like, uh, like, there was a time before these beliefs and ideologies. Like, this isn't real. So I find that to be, like, hella dope because I'm like, okay, there's truth when there's these patterns and connections and these people who come from different worlds are like landing on this same thing. And then that's what I get excited and curious about. That's wavy. Really understanding that like a cultural consensus is what really creates society. Definitely. And speaking mm-hmm. on like the future of society, like what do you see the future of trend, future and trends specifically in advertising, especially you as a young strategist, how do you see the the culture of the industry evolving and how do you think you could stay in tune with it? Yeah. There is a lot of talk about diversity and there always has, you know, let me pause, not always has been, but there has been for a little while now. And those conversations are happening in bigger rooms. Um, and I think some people are getting it and understanding it. Um, but the shift hasn't happened yet. And I think it's going to be turned upside down when I think about the young, diverse, super talented, different people that work here. Like, I just imagine the model, like, it being flipped. Like, they're the ones running the show. You know, and, and people say that. They're like, wait, like, new culture is the way to go. We need to tap into that, and we need to bring more young people in. But what I'm not seeing is is, uh, really, really allowing them to make those decisions or to run things and to really, like, 
I don't know, maybe there's this fear um, of letting go of control or this fear that, um, you know, we don't know enough, but maybe that's a good thing, you know, like either you're going to allow that shift to happen or we're all going to go create our own things and leave you behind. Mm. So, Maro, now we're going to play a game. Something less hardcore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to say a word, and we want you to say the first thing that comes to your head. Oh, no. This is the part you're going to need to censor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so the first word is culture. Of difference. Okay. Uh, second word, travel. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> so for your third word, setbacks. Set up. So, okay, and next one, contradictions. Beautiful. And for your last word, uh, black. People. Oh, congrats. Nice. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> And <laughs> so fun. I guess to close out the interview because your time is very valuable. I'm sure. I'm sure they're trying to call you into a meeting right now. So it's only eight fifteen. Uh, <laughs> I hope they're not. We'd actually like you to close out with with the story that we really connected with back when we finished our our project with Travel Portland. If you want to share with the audience who your mentor is and like that, that story, we'd be very grateful. The story about how you managed to have Fonsworth Bentley as your personal mentor. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what do you want me to say? Really, if you could, like, in, in a brief way, share about the story of you, Fonsworth, and, and Yeezy. Mm-hmm. given that this is a radio mm-hmm. show. Um, so I was also thinking about this and I wanted to work it in as well and in the sense of mentorship because there's so much conversation about mentorship and having a mentor and all that stuff to the point where like, I feel like we got, I know myself included, like running up to people like, will you be my mentor and all that kind of stuff. And what, what I've learned is that mentorship happens even if it's not defined or even if that person doesn't have a title. And I have people who I consider mentors who I've had one conversation with that has really shifted my perspective or led to an opportunity that, like, just led to an opportunity, period. And um, and when I think about mentorship and when I think about networking, like, I've, I just want to replace that with connection and, like, you know, even even in the times when you're assigned a mentor or mentee, it's just like, go, go with the people that you feel connected to and, like, that relationship can happen. So, um, in the case of Fonsworth, uh, his name is Derek, um, I met him at Ad Teller, and I feel like all my stories and all my opportunities and amazing memories kind of tie back to Ad Teller, but I met him at Ad Teller through this woman named... Um, Kristen, and it was my homie, 
Haywood, who actually created the Eye Color Futures program, he was really excited to meet him because that has been kind of like someone he looks to. So I uh, went with him, like, to the photo of them, and then later got introduced to Derek through uh, Kristen. And we just, like, kept in contact. It was like we followed each other on Twitter. Um, we'd comment on things back and forth. My, like, truest, truest mentor, Gail, who is, like, my big sister, she knows him from Atlanta, so it's funny that they're friends, too, um, and then the three of us are all connected. But, um, yeah, it, I think that's just the case of someone who, who would probably fall in the realm of, like, low-key mentor, where we have a couple experiences or a couple conversations that are tight and just really support each other. Um, and I, I, I love it because in, like, one of our last conversations we had, we've only really been in person maybe, like, three times. But that last time, which was when I met Kanye, um, it was, he was kind of seeing it as an exchange of, like, you know, he doesn't know this world, but he's kind of connected to this world, and there's definitely opportunities for him in this world, too. So he almost saw, like, you know, what can I learn from you? And I thought that was super dope for someone who's so accomplished and looked up to to see that, you know, anyone could offer them something. So, um, you know, we kind of kept in contact online, like, through social media. And then I was just like, yeah, I really want to, like, get together um, and, like, you know, meet up for coffee or something. So back in L.A. when I was living there, we met up um, kind of like in his area of town, and it ended up being later, so we had a meal, and I think the part that was very amazing to me was, you know, he's, he's very spiritual and very connected and, um, and very religious, and he, he prayed, and he was like, can I pray before this meal and pray over this meal, and um, in his prayer, it wasn't know, like a standard prayer, like, the, I don't know, the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, but it was just like, you know, thanking God for, you know, this meal and for friendship and for connection and almost like manifesting this connection that we would have in the future or that we were creating in that moment. And it made me realize like, oh my gosh, like, that's awesome. Like, you really see me as somebody you want to connect with. So that was like, I was kind of blown away by that, um, and it was unexpected, and yeah, so when fast forward, the night I met Kanye <laughs> with him, it was because it was I invited, like, everyone I knew and everyone who supported me to my going away, like, party before moving to Portland, and I knew he probably wouldn't have been able to make it because he's busy and he travels, but he was just like, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but, like, I can't make it, but if you can, like, stop by the studio, um, you know, like, just so I could see you off. So it was, like, three days before I moved. And um, that was the time where when he was introducing me to people, and we were just sitting out in the hallway talking, somebody would come out, and he would be like, this is my mentee. And that was, like, one of the first times somebody actually, like, asserted that without me ever asking for it. And, and then, then was like, I hope that's okay. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Of course, of course it's okay. I would totally be your mentee. Mm-hmm. So um, that is, I guess, my connection with him. And um, hope to get up with him um, sometime this year, hopefully, maybe while I'm at Ad Color, like back where we first met. But, um, yeah, he's, he's very, 
all the way. He's such a good person and cares, I think, for, like, cares deeply for people and for what he does and that shows and in the work that he's doing. So I'm just, I'm thankful to, like, know him as a person, not just for, like, what he does or did. Thank you, Meron, for your time, for your insp- for your experience, your insights. Yes, thank you so much. This was a great interview. For real, for real. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to talk to you guys. I miss having you around. Uh-huh. <laughs> we uh, miss being there. <laughs> the way the future's looking, we should definitely be all over the country with different agencies, and we're definitely going to catch up when the time is right. Yeah, definitely. Might not be in Portland. Might be somewhere else. Uh. New York, New York, <laughs> or even yeah, Chirac. Definitely. Not call it Chirac. Well, I can't call it Chirac over the radio. <laughs> or at all. Shout out to Ramon and all the good peoples of Chicago, Illinois. Thank you, Medon, for your time and enjoy the day. Thank you. You too. Bless. Drum Radio, we're going to take a quick musical break with Keep On by Faith Evans and Fonsworth Bentley.
and we're back with Blog Talk Radio and The Drum Radio, hosted by the Marcus Graham Project. This is Soul of Harlem. And I'm Raven. And we just had a fantastic interview with Medon from Wyden Kennedy out in Portland, sending good love and good energies. In our time at Portland, we really want to thank Bike Town for allowing us the means to travel around the city and really get a good grasp of what Portland was. Definitely. Portland was amazing. So many different cultures, so many, so much great food and so many things to try that you wouldn't even expect. So many food trucks, so many coffee shops, and even the music scene over there was so rich and so diverse with different sounds that one would really have to experience Portland to get a better understanding of it. And everything in Portland is specifically made by Portland, so I thought that was really cool. True, such a such a culture of inclusivity, like everything is Portland made, and that I guess was adds to making it such a strong community, regardless of the events that's been a part of the city's culture. But really, after our presentation with Travel Portland, our first client, our first with our first presentation in a seventy-two hour turnaround which is amazing to do. We were actually at the Widen Kennedy offices until the, wee, until the wee hours in the morning attempting to make it as crisp as we could and had a fantastic presentation. Yeah, it was very crazy. It was like basically all of our first time meeting each other and we just got together and worked hard and produced great work. True. So glad to be a part of the connection in the 10th year. But after our time in Portland... We had no time to waste. We actually had to visit our next client out in San Francisco. Raven, want to tell us more about our second client? So our second client is Apple. And of course, since it's Apple, we can't talk that much about it. But (laughs) we want y'all to know um, great things are being worked on. And yes, it was just amazing being on the Apple campus, um, seeing how like the greatest company in the world... um, moves and works we also had the privilege of watching the worldwide developers conference from the apple campus and really shout out to rayvon shelton gentleman who actually scripted a good chunk of the developers conference speech and is in addition an mgp alum yeah shout out to the whole orchard group actually true which is um a program basically mm-hmm. for six months to a year at apple with just amazing young creatives that are doing some amazing work. Yes, and they actually presented to us and really gave us perspective on the levels of how marketing is done in terms of creative span- a creative standpoint, in terms of the create the ability to really think outside the box and see what hasn't been done before and to add value with what you're pitching. Other than the Worldwide Developers Conference, we had the legendary Seb Lester, the calligraphist, present to us at the Apple campus. And I think who got the most inspiration from that was Darnell, who has a very keen attention to detail. Well, we were in Cupertino at the Apple campus, but to the Golden Gate Bridge to get a better feel of San Francisco. Raven, how was your experience in San Fran? So yeah, uh, me and a few other of my um, co-workers, we went to San Francisco to see the Golden Gate Bridge. 
and it was not what I was expected. It was extremely cold, but it was just also a very beautiful sight. And if you haven't been there, you should definitely go see it. After that, we um, tried these amazing tacos. I forgot what the name of the place was, but it was so, so good. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to look that up and tell y'all about it because it was great. But yeah, it was a short trip in California, but and also it was a great one. And from there, we finally made it to Dallas. Ooh. Welcome. Everything is truly bigger and hotter in Texas. And we, <laughs> we thought Cali was hot. We got to Texas. We walked out the airport. Like the air was just heavy. And it's like, okay, now we can... I guess this is where the show really starts. How to... With our mentors, Lev Ramon, who facilitate our movements and our whereabouts. We had a safe travel from San Fran to Dallas. And are now staying in... South side of Lamar, which is a beautiful facility, very hospitable. And Dallas has, Dallas, Texas has probably some of the kindest people in general that I've ever met. And this is coming from a New Yorker where kindness is like not the norm. I definitely agree. People are so genuine and nice here. So while we stay in Texas, of course, we can't just soak up the sights and we're also here for work. And our client the amazing people at the Fossil Group, which we are also doing extraordinary work with to really break barriers to shift the narrative on culture and pop, well, pop culture and fashion. It really make a difference. That's the goal. Yeah, so Fossil has been a great company and a great group. So many amazing people work there, and they have been really great hosts just helping us um, giving us a space to be creative, to think, and also giving us advice and feedback about um, our process and different things that we could do and do as well as do better. So do you want to talk a little bit about the team? Oh, yes. So this being the 10th year of the Marcus Grand Project, a little bit of a shift was made. How In the last few years, there's been a growing number of participants. The biggest group, I believe, was 15 people. Shout out to 15 Hertz. But also shout out to Prismatic, shout out to Evolve, shout out to Jasmine and T. Moore, who were last year's radio hosts. Yes. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, y'all did a great job really laying a foundation, but the connection is in the building. <laughs> but with this year, there's actually 10 of us, 10 interns from 10 different cities, 10 different cultures and subcultures really coming together to create a culture of excellence and uh, really results because what we learned at Wyden Kennedy is that the work definitely comes first. I agree. So, did you want to get into like a little bit about who the ten of us are and just like our titles and what we do? Well, that's a great idea. We're gonna start from the top. We're gonna start off with our project manager, Adyam Kidane, extraordinary young woman out of Toronto, Canada. Shout out to the six. The two was a. Shout out to all of y'all in Canada, eating maple syrup and Canadian bacon. Canada Day is also tomorrow, so we'll definitely try to get some footage of Addie singing the Canadian national anthem. <laughs> then we're going to move on from our account, our project managers, to our account managers. We got Dan the Man, Brown Tom Brady. Then we got Big Ant, who was like a combination of Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and... Ogilvy, because he is definitely a creative in his own right. And we got the account planning team. Shout out to Christina Cabral and, of course, myself, Sol Traore. 
fresh out the tri-state. Shout out to New Jersey, Connecticut, New York. You already know how we make it happen. You got to keep, you, gotta, you know, we got to make sure everything is on point. Then next we have our art and creative team. My guy JR out of Cleveland. Like beast from X-Men, for real, for real. Really a creative specialist, non-flyer. Then we have Chantel Barron out of Houston. Young Beyonce on her Dell cooking up the work. And of course, of course, we, we have Darnell Gardner, born and raised in the Detroit area and just came back from a three-year stint in China and is quick to hit you with the Ni Hao and Shay Shay. And other than our accountant creative teams, we have a very crucial social team. So I'm a part of the PR and social media strategy team with Io from the DMV area. And really... With Dallas being the place we're really based out of for the next two months, it's a good time for us to get to know each other because in our past cities, we've just been going out to get food. But now that we're really settled in and knowing that we're staying in somewhere and not having to pack up the suitcase every other weekend, we're really excited to get to connect better. That's what I did there. But connect with each other and really create those bonds and relationships that transcend the program and can really boost our lives yeah it was a great network um since we had to spend so much time with each other in a short amount of time we've really become great friends and been able to hang out and um push you push each other's dreams and goals even further yes yes but now we're going to take a musical break with a new track by quentin miller called warp speed Yo. Huh. Yeah. All is fan, love and war. Even lies, even lies. Karma knocking at the door. Let me in, what she cries. Let me know if it's my time. I'm not running from the light. Yeah. Let me know if fate decides. No, I'm not afraid to die. No one never really dies Chad Hugo with the rhymes Hans Zimmer with the beast Used to wanna be a star That shit might not be for me Yeah Still my family gotta eat I found the only way to feed them Putting lyrics to the beats I could tell it was unique That's when mama kept me home Even when I'm left alone My life be glowing, steady glowing Yeah OMG, fell deep Lost a leg, landed right back on my feet Yeah so to speak, yeah, furthest from my peak, yeah, cue him out of space, yeah, Falco minus beat, yeah. I just give everything in me, I just can't sit around the crib, I gotta get out here and get it. You should have seen how I was living back when I was sleeping in the kitchen. I was having meetings with execs, neither one of us could see it in me. Fast forward after I was dropped, just another dreamer in the city. Messing young niggas turning up. Reese Flair, Ken Curtis Williams showed us there's a lane for the gift that still wasn't getting backstage. Couldn't turn up too late, had to be at work the next day. But it worked out okay. Mama stayed up in church, no telling how much she prayed. Might be what saved me, I couldn't say. Wish I had a helping hand in designing these plays. Life is a beach, I'm just riding these waves. Till I decided, like Sean, to take my life out of reins. Now instead of just riding these ways, I'm providing these ways. Reach the top of my game, 
Get on top and remain, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on top and remain. Reach the top of my game. Stay on top and remain, yeah. Yeah, fuck peace now, we want war now, I'll take you all down Had to run it up alone before now, something like a chore now Producers wouldn't give me beats, of course now, I guess I'll make my own now Got my own agenda and I don't intend to let you niggas slow it down No, I can't take a pay cut, yeah, help create the way now Look, the whole rap game weighed up, I guess I'm partially to blame, but I saw the change coming back in 2014 I knew what the game was gonna be Six since Bruce Willis, you can feel the truth is I am not a new kid Yeah, new to you, but not new to this Down to earth, not Hollywood Chick-fil-A over Ruth Chris Facts Y'all know what the truth is Facts <laughs>
definitely going to have more shows before the summer's over because y'all got to hear our voice and hear what we got going on. So thank you for tuning in. This is Soul of Harlem. And I'm Raven. And this is the Drum Radio, MGP, 10th year, The Connection. Blessed. To close out today's show, we have a track from Harlem's MC, Indigo General, titled We Can Let Go. Thank you to all our listeners. Enjoy. Society's games, we all the ones to blame We all the ones who heal, we all the ones who will Get away from the new 
news. They sabotaging dudes. Who never had a father, only knew they mother. Only got my brothers. Melanated numbers, we them freedom runners. All in together for the better of the people who's the see who is. trapped in these spells, they can't break out conditions. You turn on the news, little girls go with missing. My brother's in prison. Mama's be bugging and clubbing, baby daddy cut in the kitchen. If we keep the peace, then yes, we cannot grow. So get up and fight, it's your life that you owe. And find your frequency, the energy flow. And that's what's gonna make you look bold. Look at my homies now. We can let go, we can let go, we can let go, look at my homies now, we can let go, we can let go, we can let go, look at my homies now, we can let go, we can let go, we can let go, look at my homies.